Today's episode of A Little Juju Podcast is sponsored in part by Meditate with Mars. The benefits of healing therapeutic services such as Reiki and guided meditation are great, but they can be expensive. So understanding this, Mars Bradley decided to work to become a certified Reiki practitioner, guided meditation practitioner, and behavioral therapist so that he can offer those services to those who may not be able to afford full market price. So providing donation-based therapy allows him to reach an audience that would otherwise go unserved. For more information to reach out to Mars, you can visit him at meditatewithmars.com or email him at meditatewithmars at gmail.com. You can also hit him up on the gram at meditatewithmars. Now let's get into the show. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. A little juju. A little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Camfer no say. And I'll never get play. I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my face to make them stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves, but that manifest a little with my bay leaves. I'm my ancestors, baby. So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah. So I can't be stopped. Manifested everything gives me props. I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top. My spirit's surrounded, so I'll never drop, drop. Welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about honoring the ancestors, honoring ourselves. Did I say black ass spirituality and spiritual traditions? And of course, decolonizing our spiritual practices one episode at a time. I am your host, Reverend Pastor Juju, and I come to this show as a hoodoo practitioner, a medium, an Orisha devotee, and all around... Theologian Bay, Theologian Bay, Theology Bay. And I'm very excited for today's episode because um, I am interviewing a sister friend of mine, LaVon Proverbs, aka Pastor Bay, aka Healer Bay, aka such a wonderful person. I'm so very excited to get into the interview with y'all. It's been a minute. We recorded this pre-coronavirus, which I think is great because I'm really not trying to give y'all all my... Con- I'm not trying to... Every All the content right now is about Corona, honey. We need a break. So looking forward to the interview. Um, so yeah, yeah. Let's just, let's just get into the show. Let's get into the show. All you need is a little juju. So... Wow, y'all, what is happening? <laughs> what is going on? I hope y'all are feeling okay. Like I really do. And I've been sending my listeners and folks in my community just love and just chill vibes, some chill out vibes, some going inward vibes. I think this is a moment we just need to take a collective breath. <laughs> And remember that we have the tools. Remember that we come from people who knew how to figure shit out, who consistently figured shit out. And yes, we are in the midst of a pandemic. I'm assuming everyone knows 
what is happening with COVID-19, aka Aronis. I know I have listeners all over the world, but it's interesting because a lot of people all over the world are impacted by this this viral pandemic that's happening. Um, but you know, of course, those of us in the United States, because of our poor healthcare infrastructure, which is being illuminated of how poor it is, and everything else that has not worked in this system is being illuminated in a way that um, I don't think it's been illuminated for everyone before. So I think that that's a positive thing. Um, you know, I really, really don't want to get too deep into this. And some folks were reaching out like, oh, my God, Juju, can you do a can you do an emergency episode? Like, we need to know what's happening with coronavirus. And, uh, you know, I think we need to ask what the hell is happening in our lives and within ourselves, as we always do. My first resource is to return back to episode. Oh, shoot. I meant to write it down. I don't know, but I'll have it in the show notes, but the reading of the year episode, I think that's an important episode to revisit. I was thinking about some of the tools that our ancestors talked about using and things that were coming up. And I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't say in the episode was going to be a pandemic, but all of the advice that came from spirit was very much in alignment with what is happening right now. So I was, I, that is my first I want us all to go back and listen to that episode and take some notes and revisit it when you need to, when you feel like you're not exactly sure what are the best choices to make. Um, yeah, I think this is just an opportunity. One of the very, very important things that we're going to have to do is be in community with each other and don't say, oh my God, how are we supposed to do that? We're social distancing. We're being quarantined, but we can still find ways to be in community. We have technology. We have phone calls. We can get real old school and write letters to people. Check on your people. You know, know your neighbors. This is a good time to do that. But also, this is a time to just pause. A lot of us have wanted moments to pause. A lot of us have needed to pause. A lot of us are and have been invested in grind culture. It means work, work, work. No play, no rest, no stop, no cease, no reflection, no check-in, no spirit. This is a good time to do that. If you are someone who is not resting um, because you are working and you are keeping us afloat, selling us food, you work at a grocery store or you're a nurse or some type of practitioner or you're just working to help the people, I applaud you. I appreciate you. And you also need to find some time to rest yourself too when you off. And to get good night's sleep and to eat full meals. And <sighs> it's a lot. I don't, and I'm not trying to minimize what is happening right now with this pandemic. And um, per some readings that I've been doing and communicating with spirit, um, grounding ourselves in pandemonium and too much worry and stress is not going to it's going to affect our immune systems. It's going to affect how productive, and I don't mean productive necessarily around physical labor and work, but just productivity in general around your health, around your mental health. It's going to throw all of that off. So there is a level of like peace and calm and just being open to transformation and change that we just have to be in order to keep a level head in this. If you can't pay your freaking rent, like... Don't pay it. You know, 
you try and you just can't do it. I know there's a, a law here that says like, you ain't got to pay all your bills with your house because some of us aren't making money in the same ways that we used to be. Things are getting canceled. You know, shit is changing, y'all. And the best thing that we can do is figure out how to change with it. I'm going to pull one card right now. And then I'm going to move on from this topic because it's just, it's kind of too much. <laughs> it's too much. And it is stressful. And I ain't going to sit here and act like I don't have days where I'm anxious and the social isolation isn't getting to me. Because it is, but I can't allow myself to get too freaked out about it because that's just going to make it worse. So I got to enjoy it as I can and get on Instagram and go on DJ D nice's Instagram live and enjoy nine hour DJing parties and find the joy and the compassion and the love and the community, community, community. That's what's going to get us through. Ancestors, what you want to say to the people about this virus, this coronavirus? I pull three cards. Any just upliftment? What should we be doing? Anything that I didn't say? Okay, first thing. Again, community is coming up again. Partnerships. This is an opportunity for growth. Um, this is an opportunity to lean into transformation and change, but we have to do it with others. At some point, we need to rest and rejuvenate and get our energy up. And then at some point, we're going to have to start making demands from people who say that they've promised us things. <laughs> so whether this is local government, um, higher up government, um, or creating uh, alternatives for things that aren't working right now, what alternatives can you create within your community um, to be able to serve yourself and serve the people around you um, to keep this shit afloat. Things are dying. Things are dying. You need to be open to death. I don't mean individual people, though, of course, there's energy around literally people who are dying because we are in the midst of a pandemic that is spreading, that is dangerous and has people sick. Um, but I'm also talking about the dying and falling away of things that have not worked. Again, I talked about that illumination. So um, the cards right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you what I pulled. A three of uh, spades, a two of diamonds, and a five. A two of diamonds and a five of diamonds. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a lot of work in dealing with the energy of that's going to be death around us. Like I said, death of institutions change again energy of big 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 change um but and it will take work and time to move through but it's not it doesn't feel extremely um bleak now certain things that you thought and this is very obvious but i'm seeing this through the three there's certain things that obviously we thought we were going to do plans are finna change honey you ain't in control this is a very sobering moment we're not in control um, it's best to to let go of control a little bit. It's best to let go and start to grieve and mourn um, life being different. You know, you had plans, you had money you was going to make, you had trips, you had birthday parties you want to go to. You know, that's not going to, that's probably not going to happen. And it's okay in this moment to grieve that and be sad about it and process it and journal it and heal through it. And, and be in that and then be open to change and reminding ourselves when child we ain't in control of a god 
daggone thing. But I am seeing a lot of possibility, a lot of um, change, not just a lot of change, but like positive change. If we make that so, if we lean into that energy of the two, which is our people, if we lean on our people, um, that includes our dead people. That includes sitting with our spirits and our ancestors. So that's all I'm going to uplift about that. I did a live call reading child. That's what the spirits had to say as I'm on here talking to y'all. So I hope you take that. Listen to the, the episode previous um, reading of the year. Wash your hands. Social distance. Do not fear monger. Do not share shit from motherfuckers who are saying things that don't align or make sense. Fact check, please. Fact check, fact check, fact check. And if you get online and you see a, people saying things that haven't been fact checked or that make you feel sad or being watching the news and social media stressing you out, unfollow those people or get the hell off social media. <laughs> Or follow some better people, okay? Take care of yourself. Listen to your body. Listen to your folks. And we got it. We got this. I believe in us. I know who I'm, I come from. I know who we come from. So we're good. We're good. Let's get into these donations and then we will get into our interview with LaVon. All you need is a little juju. A little juju podcast is written hosted and crafted by me, Juju. And this process is a labor of love, but it is labor nonetheless because podcasting ain't free. It takes time, energy, resources, money so that I can pay people to help me. Finally, I have a little bit more resources to do that. And I'm able to do that because people donate. Um, it is a few ways to donate to the show. All of them are important. I will start with the monetary ways and then we'll get into the non-monetary ways to support this work. So the first monetary way that I'll mention is through Patreon, which is a site that allows you to contribute to the show monthly. So on the first of the month, Patreon automatically takes out whatever you choose to donate, which will range from $1 to as many dollars as you want. I have some suggestions on my Patreon and based on the level that you donate is the level of content or things that you'll receive from me via Patreon, which includes exclusive deals, videos. Sometimes I do readings. Sometimes I do workings for specific patrons. It just depends. And now I'd like to shout out my newest patrons for this week. So big, big shout out to Norma Simpson for becoming a patron. Thank you, Courtney Winters, Isidore Noir, Sierra Boney, Joely Lopez, Mara C, Devin McClendon. Thank you to Erica Bailey for upping your pledge. I see you, Erica. Michelle Bisset. Thank you, Brandy Wilson. Keila L. Thank you, Jamila Williams. Brittany Hippolyte. Quatitia, thank you. Ariel Leanne, thank you. Maya KW, Cat, uh, Jessica Noel, Alexis Flanagan, thank you to SJ for upping your pledge. Thank you to Kristen Smith for upping your pledge. Diamond Dominique upped your pledge. Thank you. Helio upped your pledge. Thank you, Helio. Carlin Wright upped their pledge. Thank you. Uh, Lakeisha Blackbird upped their pledge. Ray Nelson upped their pledge. Jasmine Williams upped their pledge. Dion pledged to be a patron. Thank you. 
Brittany G, thank you. Stephanie Pittman upped their pledge. Aziza Scott, thank you for becoming a patron. Intuitively underscore TR, thank you for pledging and being a patron. Lamisha Harris, David upped their pledge. Thank you, David. Monica Figueroa up their pledge. Thank you, Monica. Akil Harris up their pledge. And yes, I got everyone. Thank you all so, so, so much. I appreciate you. As you can see, clearly there was some content that people was like, wait a minute, let me up my pledge. <laughs> Y'all so funny. I appreciate all of you for sharing the energy of money and abundance and wealth with me. I'm sharing it right back with you tenfold. May everything that you are trying to accomplish and create, may you have the resources to be able to do so and may they be sustained and may they last and may you go forth and freaking prosper. That's that's what I'm speaking as with the gift of tongue, child. Speaking abundance over all of y'all's lives and the ways that you have given to me. I do not take the energy of money lightly. So I appreciate you and thank you so, so, so much. And of course, big shout out to those of you who hit me up on the Cash App for a more non-committal way to donate to the show at dollar sign I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E or on my PayPal at the Jujube, T-H-E-J-U-J-U-B-A-E at gmail.com. Big shout outs to those of you who have donated in that way. I say a little prayer for you each time. So thank you. And if you are interested in the non-monetary ways to donate to the show, which are just as important, shout me out. Tag ALJ Pod, tag Jujubay on social media, put people onto the show, tell them what this podcast is and what it's about. Comment, subscribe so that I pop up when a new episode comes out so you already are hip and you know. Just let people know about the show. You can rate five stars on Apple or whatever platform that you are using and just help me spread the good juju gospel. I appreciate everyone who always tags and tells me they're listening and puts people onto the show. I deeply, deeply appreciate that as well. All the ways to donate will be in the show notes, of course, if you want to be a patron on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash J-U-J-U-B-A-E. Or if you want to know my cash app, or if you just want to figure out how to tag and rate, all that information will be in the show notes. So now let's get back into the show. I'm very excited to interview LaVon Proverbs today. I read her whole little bio and whole little thing at the beginning of the episode that we recorded already. So sit back, relax, and let's get into this episode about body around sex and God and Christianity and African traditional religions. I'm really excited to to offer this to y'all. So enjoy, enjoy. All you need is a little juju. Hello, LaVon. And for my listeners, this is take two, y'all. So it's really about to be juicy because we're trying it again. <laughs> Thank hey, you let's so go. much. Hey, Juju. What's up, man? How are you? Thank you so much for being a part of the show. I've been looking forward to this interview mm. since I met you. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy the time is now. I'm so delighted to be here, Juju. You are such a gift to our community. Our ancestors are proud. The creators proud. You're getting us free and healed and whole. Mm. I'm just so grateful to be in your orbit, sis. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, so I'm going to mm-hmm. read a little piece of your bio, and then I want you to just okay. talk about who you are. 
um, as well. Okay. So, for Go those ahead. who don't know, Levon Proverbs, MDiv, is a yes. body and, po- and sex positive writer, preacher, poet, educator, and highly sought after transformational speaker and seminar leader. Proverbs, a TEDx speaker, has been in Essence, Y'all, Cosmopolitan, and the Washington Post magazines, and Sojourners named her one of 11 women shaping the church in March 2019. An Emmy yes. award-winning media producer, Proverbs graduated from Seton Hall University, Yale Divinity School, and Columbia Theological Seminary. A former pastor and spin instructor, Proverbs offers consulting for sacred and secular institutions, as well as individual and group spiritual life coaching. And she's partnered with Lyft, Auburn Seminary, the AUC, shout out to Spelman, San Francisco Department of Health, Young Women's Social Entrepreneurs, and more and more and more. So we love to see it. (laughs) Come on, we love a feature now. Um, I'm here. Yes, in um, the streets. (laughs) Um, but tell us in your own words you know who are you how do you identify Mm. yeah that's a really beautiful question so I I am a healer that's how I show up in the world I have been called to this earth for this particular time um, as a being of light here to evolve the earth um, particularly around shadow work Um, Mm. I am gifted (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, it's a gift. (laughs) Gifted with being able to talk about things that other people would consider taboo or something that we're supposed to be silenced or keep quiet about. And me and my my big mouth, we we just out here. You know, my mom likes to tell this story. (laughs) When I was in preschool, we would go into Manhattan from Queens. I grew up in New York, and um, it'd be six o'clock in the morning, and I'm just like, she's like, what else? What else? What else? And those people were irritated that this three four year old black girl mm-hmm. running her mouth first thing in the morning and <laughs> my mom was just like what else what else and so here I am you know three decades later asking what else what else so mm-hmm. I'm an instigator I'm a rabble rouser <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I like yeah I like to rock the boat and um really call up important important things we need to be talking about yes I love it I love to see it <laughs> Speaking of you being taboo and talking about things that are taboo and a rebel rouser, uh, I think that's sort well, of how I came into figure out who you were and find yeah. you. Um, Adrian Marie Brown, my friend, mm-hmm. had posted a post of yours on Instagram in her story and it said, yep. masturbation is a gift <laughs> from God. Period. And I the was end. like, period. I was like, what, who is this person? Um, you just gonna say masturbation is a gift from God like that? Like, so like, like, literally, like it's still on my profile. Like, go get the little pink flower joint. Is there? Um, yeah. So I had been reading Adrienne Marie Brown's Pleasure Activism: The Politics mm-hmm. of Feeling Good, and this was around the same time that uh, what is her name? Erica Campbell. She's a gospel singer, mm-hmm. half of uh, Mary Mary. And she had yes. been on I think, the Breakfast Club and people were talking about this interview where she was like, God hates masturbation and masturbation is evil. And then she was like, oh, I got a husband. And we like, don't nobody want your not cute husband who's cheated on you, ma'am. Like, please stop. So I was just <laughs> like, let me kill all this noise. Not kill. That's so violent. Let me let me silence all this noise um, and just let y'all know. Masturbation is a gift from God, like hand clap emojis. And mm-hmm. um, 
when I say that, it's because I show up in the world as a body and sex positive pastor, preacher, minister. Um, I am a licensed Baptist minister. I'm an ordained Pentecostal minister. And throughout all of my training and studying for these exams, right, there was never anything about my body. There was never any conversation about, well, what makes your experience different as a black woman and so seeing as how most black churches are 85 percent black women <laughs> i was like our experiences are not being centered in this space that we literally built <laughs> like our foremothers mm -hmm. built these sacred spaces mm -hmm. and yet their stories were not being centered and so i look at pleasure as a birthright for Black women and Black femmes. And once we know what we like, um, what feels good to our body, um, we can then start to integrate that into our own spiritual and healing practices. Because as we know, in ancient African traditions, there's no separation between the sacred and the secular. Everything is sacred. Mm -hmm. And so Black bodies are holy and need to be revered as such. So that's why I come to this work facing pleasure for Black women and Black femmes. I love that you uplifted the the lack of separation in many African traditional religions of you know mm -hmm. of, of the body and sex and pleasure and also spirit. Those I say it all the time. Right. Like they are not separate. <laughs> they are not, not separate. separate. Why do you think you yell, "Oh God, when you come"? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you, but you see like even when you said that I was like I gasped a little bit yeah. like I think that there's always right. like and I'm super sex positive I talk about sex but I think right, right, there right. is this we have so many of us have been ingrained and I don't even identify mm -hmm. as Christian anymore but ingrained to right. be like oh oh wait a minute now you can't say right. that can't say don't it. talk right. about that and I think though that's where the violence um that's how the violence has kind of been able to seep through in our spiritual right. spaces. Um, and can you talk oh, a little bit absolutely. about how you have witnessed and seen sort of that violence percolate in, in spiritual spaces and in churches? Ooh. Oh my goodness. Well, I will say that um, a sister who practices ATRs, um, as we typically refer to them as, she was in my DMs talking about, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. You would be surprised about, um, this is a trigger warning for sexual trauma. So listeners, if you need a moment, take a pause. Um, and she was like about male sexual violence, you know, among, among our babas. And I'm just like, oh my mm. goodness. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's who perpetrators usually are, right? Like pillars in our community, men typically women do perpetrate but by and large it's men and they are men that we know love trust respect and honor and so for me i would hear it from the pulpit right mm -hmm. this really antiquated trash ideology because it's not theology that eve caused the fall of humanity and thus women must suffer right mm -hmm. and just all these different scriptures being taken out of context and not being uh you know lifted up and explored for when was this written who wrote it why did they write it it was a man right. in a particular time with a particular agenda right so we can't just cherry pick the scriptures that we want and then oppress people. And that's what we do with, with Black women, with queer folks, shoot, mm -hmm. with differently abled folks, right? I, I really think the preaching moment, and as a preacher, like I 
I love preaching. It's one of my greatest joys. I think about that critical moment in these Black church worship services where you have this person who is basically a representative of the divine. And here they have this 20 to 45 or 60, depending on what church you go to, Mm -hmm. um, opportunity to remind people that they are divine beings, to point them back to the creator, to allow them to, you know, honor their own ancestors, not just biblical ancestors. Mm. And so many people miss that opportunity. So that's Mm. where I come in to just say, hey, first of all, let's reclaim Christianity as an African traditional religion because Jesus was a poor North African revolutionary Jewish refugee. He had African aunties and an African mama, and he was in a black male body. So you cannot be anti-black and be a Christian. It's Mm. not possible. (laughs) I want to put a pin in that because I want to, I definitely want to go back to that. Um, I'm curious what led you to this work about sacred sexuality like did you always know you wanted to do were you a child growing up like I want to be a pastor like how did this happen (laughs) how did this work for you how did it happen so you know it's so interesting so my mom's from Barbados in the West Indies and my dad is from Guyana in South America which was a British colony so it's uh, considered a part of the West Indies as well. And so my both sides of my family grew up in these Anglican slash Episcopalian churches. Mm-hmm. And my uh, mom's brother says, oh, religion finally caught up with somebody. Because apparently my maternal grandmother, Norma Yvonne Osborne, who I look exactly like, um, wanted to be a minister, but she was a married woman with five kids and a full-time job doing all the things and then my mom mentioned that she felt like she had a call to ministry but she never went and then there's me and I'm just like here I am I'm a go so um, I always knew that I was going to be in leadership and speaking I've always been a gifted orator but I found that when I started using poetry um, that's where proverbs comes from I was a spoken word artist and a slam poet for a number of years And I do still write, I don't perform as much, but um, I started to use uh, poetry as a way to talk about um, issues that were affecting black women and and not just, you know, black women like vaguely, but like me and my homies, my homegirls. So things like domestic violence, things like rape and molestation, um, things like uh, misogynoir and just being black in a racist, sexist, xenophobic society. Um, and so I realized that uh, with I, I could not talk to Black women and Black femmes and not include the Black church, um, especially mm. since I grew up in a Black church, a middle-class Caribbean Episcopalian church, um, and was also being sexually abused as a child. And so um, I didn't hear sermons about that when I was growing up, right? When my mm-hmm. boyfriend raped me in my early 20s, um, you know, I didn't think, oh, there's a pastor I can call to help counsel me through this, right? Like the church was not my first, <laughs> my first stop for healing around my body. And I was like, I want to be the minister that I needed when I was younger. And so the fact that my mom was always asking me what else what else now I'm out here talking about our bodies saying what else so that's why I'm doing this work Mm. I think it's really powerful that you reclaimed 
sort of this space where you actually didn't feel fully seen. Because mm. I think um, some of us, which, you know, some of us choose to completely abandon it. And I think that's a choice oh, yeah. too, which is fine. Um, but I also think it's powerful to actually say, hmm, let me let me look a little bit deeper into this and see how I can show up for other people. Because at the end of the day, regardless of if one chooses whatever religion somebody chooses, there's mm-hmm. still going to be a whole bunch of black people in the black church. There's still going to be a whole bunch of black yep. people who are looking to the black church for guidance, for healing, for political engagement, for yep. all of that. And so it is important that there are people engaging with those those folks because there are still young girls and young people who are still struggling through things that you struggle with, that I right. have struggled with growing up in the church. And so I just think it's, I mean, it, it's clearly an ancestral calling for you to be in that space. Um, and I just have to thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. And let me tell you, speaking of religion and the ancestors, the ancestors just gave me this spiritual download like yesterday or today. I can't even remember blurring together. But um, a lot of times when we talk about religion, we're talking about organized religion, particularly Christianity. Yeah. And we have to realize that what a lot of us grew up in was an American white supremacist Christianity that looks nothing like the indigenous Christianity of mm-hmm. North Africa. And so even as we are decolonizing our spirituality, we have to decolonize our language around our faith systems. Mm-hmm. So why is it that when we say religion, which comes from Latin uh, religare, and legare is like to fasten, to bind, to connect, and we know re is to do something again. So we're reconnecting, rebinding, refastening, which is something the ancestors call us to do day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we're saying I'm spiritual, but not religious, because we're trying to say I'm spiritual, but I'm not American white supremacist premises Christian. Well, even in our act of embracing our African traditions, we're still centering whiteness by making religion equated to something that's white and Eurocentric. And so for me, when you come to my page, when I say woman, I mean black woman and black femme. When I say religion, I'm talking about African traditional religions. I am centering blackness. I am centering Mm. African centeredness because for so long, Europeans have done that to the point where anything else needs to be modified. We're African-American. Other folks are Asian-American, Native American. How are you going to call indigenous brown peoples to this land Native American, but you just regular American? You're not white American. You just get to be American. So I'm like, no, we get to be religious. So we can be spiritual and religious when we're talking about our spiritual systems. Because I know for me, atheism is not an option as a black woman. (laughs) Um, So I want to reframe how we're talking about religion so that when we center ourselves, we do that holistically. And that includes our language. That is, yes, yes, yes. Yes to white (laughs) folks having to be the default. And I tell people all the time, like I am not, well, I'm very spiritual, but like I'm also religious as hell. Like I'm very (laughs) religious and religion, like you said, does not mean, we do not have to default to Christianity or white Christianity or Americanized Christianity when we say religion, because there are thousands of religions that exist. (laughs) Like actually, just beyond ATR, there's, thousands that mm-hmm. exist and so right and we so just do have to be more intentional 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And do yes. that work to uncover. And that's the work that I do. I help us to uncover our spirituality, recover our sensuality, and own our sexuality. Because when mm-hmm. I think about our makeup, our physical makeup, right? Like the things that our bodies do naturally are given to us by the creator. We cannot say that we have a clitoris, right? If you're a female identified body, can't say that you have a clitoris and the clitoris only has one job, but I'm not allowed to do that job unless I'm uh, uh, in a heterosexual marriage. That'll make no sense. If that were the case, then only heterosexual married women will have a clitoris. But that's not how this works. And the clitoris <laughs> is the only organ on any human being that has one sole delicious function. And so you mm-hmm. cannot tell me that the divine would give me this capacity and then be like, ah, 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 you can't activate right. that. Like, absolutely not. So to be able to be a body and sex positive pastor means that I am a black woman spiritual leader who is no longer at war with her body. Hmm. How did you <laughs> find body positivity in scripture and in the Bible? And this is not to say that it's not there, mm-hmm. but I think in a lot of our right. experiences, it was not uplifted. Mm-hmm. It was not highlighted. It was not. Ta- How did you find right. it? Because it ain't just poking out easily from my path. How did you it's find not- it? <laughs> Oh, what a good question. Okay, so first of all, let's be clear. Like, anti-Black white supremacist Christianity is not only being espoused by racist, bigoted, white evangelicals. Like, there are Black preachers who have internalized that oppression and are actually spewing anti-Blackness from the pulpit um, and lifting up scriptures like Paul, who I got severe issues with, like I can't with Paul. He he had a whole lot going on, <laughs> but but he's just like you know the flesh is bad and you need to like flee fornication and all this other stuff. And it was like, um, first of all, what is fornication? Now this, when I was in seminary, this completely transformed the way that I think. Um, that when Paul was talking about fornication, we take that to mean any sex outside of a heterosexual marriage. But when Paul was talking about it, Paul was like, yo, we are a new tribe of believers. We trying to grow. We trying to keep stuff in house. And you know how it is when you fucking with somebody, all of a sudden you eat what they eat. You drink what they drink. You chilling at their house for the weekend. And so, well, this was before Uber eats, you know what I'm saying? They, they, (laughs) They couldn't just order whatever they wanted. Um, And so Paul knew the power of the pussy to say it that way. Right. And Mm. that if they were to have sex with people outside the tribe, they would probably leave their, their belief system. So fornication is don't have sex with anyone outside of the tribe. And we have turned that into a mandate on around virginity that's steeped in purity culture, which is steeped in white supremacy, (laughs) this idea that white is pure and good and and black is evil and demonic. And it's just like all conflated. When if you actually look at the original text, you will see that it's there. When you look at um, Song of Solomon, also known as Song of Songs, when you read 
this basic 1990s R&B love song. That's what that book of the Bible is. It's all about my mounds. My breasts are mounds and I want my lover's lips on me. And it's a woman. It is a black woman who wrote this book. And because because Solomon was who he was, it got attributed to him. But I was like, unless Solomon had like some C cups, (laughs) like he did not write this. He didn't write this. So I started to see like, oh, there are other writers in the Bible besides the people that we always quote. When I think about scripture, I think about how, you know, the divine said that you are created in my image and likeness. I think about um, the book of Zephaniah, where it says the divine rejoices over you with singing. Can you imagine the creator just singing to you? Like your favorite bot from Spotify right now, you just be like divine sing this to me right uh or like you are the apple of god's eye like these are the scriptures that get my attention these are the scriptures that show me that source is love and light and liberation and that i don't have to do or be or say anything to be worthy i am inherently worthy because i am a child of the divine so that's something that has been very helpful for me and hopefully that helps y'all too (laughs) I know, I know the interview is getting good, but so is our next sponsor of today's episode. So y'all, if you've been looking for clothing and gear that represents and celebrates your spirituality, conscious lifestyle, you need to check out ZuluMoonMarket.com for wearable art inspired by African spiritual traditions. They have stunning chakra tees, moon phase shirts, comedic yoga pants, mantra tees, the popular stay awake in the dream crop top, and so much more. They say if we are to preserve culture, we must continue to create it. So Gogo Tule, a Zulu and Mosi priestess, designed all the art herself as a way of preserving our spiritual cultures. The shop supports a water restoration and cultural educational projects on the motherland. So support and go shop today at ZuluMoonMarket.com. Okay, let's get back into the show. Wow, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I do have a lot of uh, listeners who identify as Christian and also Mm -hmm. do ancestral work and also are trying to Mm -hmm. heal through that and i'm wondering Mm -hmm. how you how do you put them together because you know you 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 practice atr and you're also in christian church spaces and you Mm -hmm. do both and you're talking about ancestors and i personally Mm -hmm. know that you have an altar so like how does all of that go together (laughs) for you because a lot of people would say it doesn't Mm. and i would say that means that you don't really know your spirituality right Mm -hmm. when we're talking about christianity when they're talking about egypt i didn't think about egypt being in africa until i was dang near 27 years old (laughs) even though i grew up in church like how you gonna have white people in egypt how you gonna have jesus with blonde hair and blue eyes in 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 that hot sun like that it don't work that way so (laughs) 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 okay he would have burned up he wouldn't have made it (laughs) not with those recessive genes he would not have made it so for me it's been very <laughs> um it's helped to plant me in the space to know that Jesus was African like it's historically proven that Jesus walked the earth so I'm not like debating his existence but I am debating the Jesus that we are force-fed right I am debating a white Jesus I'm saying that if 
your angels and your cherubs are white, that you need a new church. I'm saying that if your um, pastor does not lift up Africa as the great continent and the, the birth of civilization, you need a new church. So for me, going to seminary was extremely helpful. I learned about ATRs, Black liberation theology, womanist theology and ethics. Um, I learned um, how to put this together in a worship service by going to African-centered churches. So I live in Atlanta, Georgia right now. Um, I had been attending First African Presbyterian Church in Lithonia, and now I go to Rise Community Church in Atlanta. And both churches, we have djembe drums with our processionals. We do libations, right? Like we are wow. African. We're not just Black. Like we are African and we're also Christian. And so um, what's her name? Emily Sande. She has a song called Selah. She says, cross around my neck and a crystal in my pocket. And I feel like that is the perfect description for me. Um, I pull cards. I got crystals. I believe in chakra work, right? Because all of these spiritual systems have ancestral wisdom in them. And I will take ancestral wisdom over religious thought any day of any week, of any month, of any year, of any decade, of any mm. century. Um, so for me, that's how it all came together. Learning that Christianity is an African religion that has been whitewashed and co-opted in this world has been extremely liberating for me. Because then I'm like, okay, well then if Jesus was African, that means he was living an African life. He was hearing African spirituality. He saw his aunties working roots, right, on the compound. Like, he heard his um, elders calling on Orisha. Like, there had to be something going on for him to see. What what, what European man you know talking to mountains? Talking about, if this mountain needs to be moved, let it be moved. Like, that was an African man <laughs> out in nature talking to the elements. So that's, uh, that's how I've been able to do the work to reconcile. Um, my African-centeredness and my Christianity. And then I'll close this part by saying that I also realized that Africa has originated a lot, particularly Egypt and Ethiopia. And we saw the hieroglyphics of people doing yoga and stuff. But, you know, now yoga is attached to Hinduism and meditation is attached to Buddhism. So I'm, I'm just a multi-faith womanist healer at this point. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I totally feel that. Um, yeah, and it it makes me think about this argument that people say around, you know, black Christianity or the black church actually isn't isn't Christianity, and not that it's not actually mm -hmm. Christian, but how we understand when people say Christianity, we think of one mm -hmm. thing, and like mm -hmm. how actually within the black church we see. You know, we see the shouting, we see the sort of praising Ooh, that's loud. We see the yeah. the grief being, you know, exposed, and we see the spirit moving. Mm -hmm. um, right, and that those are also the things that, if we're thinking just white Christianity, like that's not happening. 
there. Like that is African stuff yeah. <laughs> that's happening. Absolutely. When people shout, that's African. You know, when people scream, that's African. Oh when people run around, that's yes. African. <laughs> yes, the Pentecostal church. I'm like, y'all niggas is African. Like, mm-hmm. how do you not see this? Literally running counterclockwise. Like that is ancestral. That is built yes. into our DNA. Um, you know, seeing people overcome by the spirit. We say, oh, they they got the Holy Ghost, or if they're possessed, like that is conjuring. Mm-hmm. You cannot be in a space where people believe in the power of spirit and call on it with one voice, one mind, right? That's all that is is setting an intention and something supernatural not happen. A large part of my work is helping black women and femmes who are in church or, you know, used to be in church to see, um, I, I am the the gap bridger between Christianity and ATRs or uh, spiritual but not religious belief systems. So like this event that I do, Christ and Chakras, it's a way to introduce Black Christian women and feminists to yoga and meditation because some churches will say, oh, that's demonic, that's evil, where it's like all it is is being mindful and praying. Um, when you think about Black churches where they're like, you know, stretch your hands towards so-and-so and let's pray for them. That is Reiki. <laughs> You're sending healing energy to this person, we hope, right? Um, when you think about yeah. Jesus being found in, in the little manger and the three kings followed the North Star and they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, like metals, crystals, fragrance, like all these elements of the earth, right, that we need to be connected to. So I think it's all a hoax (laughs) to have us disconnected from our heritage, to have us disconnected from the land, to have us thinking that life is in the middle of a city and we want to be urban and cosmopolitan when the nature... Um, when the land, when Mama Earth is where we need to be barefoot and wailing so that we can mm. heal, <laughs> right? When you see somebody in a Pentecostal church on the floor and they the, just this guttural cry is emitting from their body, that is the gen- intergenerational healing that's taking place. They just think it's in that moment that this person is being delivered when in actuality, it's an entire lineage that's being healed. Wow. <sighs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I just felt it. Okay. Mm. Um, so I'm wondering in your work with black women and black femmes, you know, what is, and, and who are in the church, yeah. what are some of the common, I guess, issues or I don't necessarily want to say traumas, but I feel like some of them are traumas that you see that are coming up that you think that we need to work with collectively as a society to help you. Ooh. All right. So, you know, I was sexually abused for five years by my biological father. I Mm. was randomly felt up by, you know, neighborhood boys, uh, friends of family, um, there was even a really weird moment with one of my aunt's boyfriends when I was 15, where he like rubbed the small of my back, but I left the room really quickly. Like, and these are all stories that happen to so many black women that it, it it's sickening at this point. So one of my favorite organizations is the Black Women's Blueprint. And they're a sociological organization based in Brooklyn, New York. They have been doing an ongoing study since 2011. 
and Juju, they have found that at least 70%, 70, 70% of Black women have been sexually abused before they turn 18 years old. Mm. We're not talking about collegiate rate, date rate, you know, male sexual violence as an adult. We're talking about just before you can vote legally mm. in this country, you have been assaulted. And so that is a huge issue. It's not an epidemic anymore. It is pandemic. And while I know that my calling is to carve out spaces so that we can heal from this intergenerational uh, uh, horror, um, I also know that the next phase of my work is to hold perpetrators accountable. But we'll get to them. So um, in just talking to Black women, we have been literally um, amputated from our sensuality. And when I think about how Black churches are predominantly Black women, if I think about what would it look like for Black women in any Black church across this nation, across this world, to get in touch with her sacred, divine, feminine energy that is rooted in her sacral chakra, in her sensuality, um, in her uterus. I think that's why we go through so much when it comes to our reproductive health, because that's where our power is. So I feel like that if we could just get to a place where we empower women to engage in womb healing, to engage in releasing, to get into therapy, to put themselves first, um, then we can get to a place where we activate our power and we can be rid of this like toxic, masculine, patriarchal society. And I'm not saying we don't need men, like you'll never, that will never come out my mouth, okay? Love you brothers, especially <laughs> the healthy ones. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is that we need both, right? In ATRs, we need both masculine and feminine energy to be complete. Right. And regardless of how you identify, you need both. And so, you know, the divine feminine has been so diminished and de devalued and malnourished in, in Christian spaces um, mm. that that's why I point Black women back to ATRs because I'm like, look, Here's an image of a goddess that looks like you so that you can see the divinity in you so that you can then rise up in your power and own your power. And that comes by being comfortable and at home in your body. And so we have to do a lot of work around healing our trauma, um, both sexual and religious. Mm. First, thank you for sharing that. Um, oh, thank you. Hmm. Um, yeah, it made me a little emotional. Um, and, and talking about healing your trauma, I'm curious, how have you personally been able to Ooh. heal yourself? What does that look like for someone who, yeah. who might be experiencing something similar, who hasn't really been able to take that journey? Oh, yeah. Um, and if that's you, I see you, fam. I see you. I hear you. I acknowledge you. I believe you. What happened to you was wrong. It wasn't your fault. There was nothing that you did to bring it on. And the ancestors and spirit are pissed about it. And so am I. Yes. So I want to start there by saying, I believe you. <laughs> yes. That's my thing with so many of these black churches. Ooh, I feel it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that they will believe that an entire sea parts down the middle so that the Israelites can pass through and then swallow up their enemies, but they won't believe a teenager when she says the youth pastor molested me 
or won't believe a deaconess when she says, uh, this minister raped me or won't believe this woman when she's like, you know, the deacon that y'all love so much. Yeah. He beat me on the way to church this morning. Like you can believe all this epic text, but you can't believe the stories of the everyday, or maybe you refuse to believe them. So for me, it's been starting from a place of belief. Um, sharing my story is always helpful and healing um, in certain spaces so that people know that they're not alone and that if they decide to share their story, uh, I am absolutely here to listen and to believe. Um, therapy, Dr. B, <laughs> we meet on Tuesdays for an hour mm -hmm. via FaceTime because she's in San Diego, helped me so much because I tried a priest and he was not helpful. I tried um, a therapist when I was in college, but come to find out that they were like the PhD students. So they were just kind of learning. Um, and so finally I got into a professional program and the first therapist I had was this white woman. She was like in her fifties and I was like, what is she going to teach me? Absolutely everything. She was the first person to ask me one day. She, in a session, she was like, LaVon, are you angry? And I was like, yes. She was like, can you tell me that you're angry with me? <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, mumbling, like, I'm angry with you. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, I had never been allowed to express anger before. Like, good girls don't get angry. You know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right. And then the couple of times I did try to come forward about it, it was, well, everyone goes through that. Um, you know, let go and let God forgive and forget like all these toxic religious platitudes when what I needed to hear was I believe you and I see you and you are worthy of protection and we are going to make sure that from now on you are safe like that's what I needed to hear right. as a child and so therapy has helped me come through that and parenting my inner child because seven-year-old LaVon still walks around and is like excuse me mm -hmm. they didn't pay attention to me back in the day can you can you pay it? I'd be like, what you want to do today? You want to go get your nails done? You want to go get some fro-yo? What we doing? Right. Um, and of course, ATRs, I'm calling on my ancestors and um, honorable spirit guides, doing my prayer work, my meditation work, lighting my candles, giving my offerings. Um, I love to dance. You know, I love being in my body. I'm of Caribbean descent. So I like to whine and walk up my waist and yes. all that. <laughs> yes. Yes, and yoga um, and eating nourishing food and just laughing and being around life-affirming people. You know, I like to be around people. I like to say when I'm with them, my soul can slouch and I'm just mm. myself and just free. So those are some of the things that have helped me on my journey. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That was so... Mm. Um, so I want to talk about your book that yeah, you yeah. <laughs> and um i know it's a working title so i don't know if i'm supposed to say it or not but <laughs> if you can we just... go say it we go say because if, if it's not a title it's a chapter title at least okay period so period. The, your book coming into faith getting closer to god one orgasm at a time Yes, God. I lifted my hands in praise and worship. <laughs> so tell us about this book. What encouraged you to write it? What is it about? What's, give us a tea on this book. 
Yeah. So in September of 2019, I was a featured panelist with Tina Liffer. She plays Aunt Vi on Queen Sugar. And she did this inner fitness outer beauty tour. And I was on a panel as a body and sex positive pastor talking about the importance of um, owning one's sensuality, embracing your sexuality and that kind of thing. And there were all black women in the audience. And when I was finished um, and we were mingling, a woman came up to me and she was like, where is your book? And I was like, um, it's coming. So <laughs> when right. people ask you for your book, honey, you need to, you need to be writing your book. Um, so that's where it came from. I realized that we are not having holistic nuanced conversations around sex and sexuality and spirituality because sensuality and sexuality are not the same thing. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And so it's time that we reintegrate, synthesize, harm our bodies and our spirits and that includes everything that our bodies are capable of doing so if you are a healthy functioning human being you can sense the world you can see you can taste you can touch you can smell you know you can hear um and so for me I was like how do we get to be in our bodies more as black women with church and family and society trying to police our bodies constantly? How do we take back ownership and agency? And how do we base that in a model that centers pleasure? How do we heal by pleasuring ourselves? Masturbation is the safest, most consensual sex there is, <laughs> right? Think of all the fuck boys and fuck girls you wouldn't have been dealing with had you just rubbed one out instead of texting WYD. I'm just saying. Don't drag me. <laughs> Excuse me. Consider yourself dragged, okay? Excuse rub me. It out. <laughs> rub it. Put on some tank, all right? Turn your life down low. <laughs> Yes. Okay. When we listen. <laughs> so this is why I'm writing this book to amplify the conversation, to normalize the conversation and to center it for, for black women and black femmes, because we have been hypersexualized and demonized and dehumanized for so long. And of course that comes from the residual effects of slavery um, and, you know, purity culture and us looking at little black girls and hypersexualizing them. Yeah. And we just have to really tear down all of these really toxic systems of thought and rebuild something new. And so I desire to do that for black women through spirituality, sensuality, and sexuality. And that's what I'm exploring in this book. Mm -hmm. So is it about your personal story? Is it just sort of your own theological framework? Like how is it? Yeah, know, that's a great question. So um, because I'm all about <laughs> integration right it's an integration of theory and praxis okay. so you're gonna get some historical background on how did we even get here where does this come from who started this ish right like why we why we even say this um and then also get some practical tips like everyday things that you can do to nourish yourself um so for instance i'll, I'll give two examples because one, I want to be really sensual and juicy, and the other, I want to be practical and like every day. So a sensual one is when you take a shower, like don't just run out the house all ashy. Get you some coconut oil, get you some shea butter, right? And rub it into your body and like really pay attention to 
every single body part. Be like, I love you, wrist. Kiss your elbow, right? Um, pay attention to your triggered parts. Oh, I'm quick to be like, I love my, bo my booty. I love my cheekbones. I love my clavicle. Okay, what about the jiggly bits on, on the back of your arm? What about your fluffy tummy? Do you love that, LaVon, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. every part of yourself. And then the second one is curate your timeline, right? If you follow somebody and you see a post and it doesn't make you feel good about yourself, unfollow. You can mute them and just see if it's a temporary fix. But we spend so much time consuming digital media that you have to look at that as an extension of your sacred space. So make sure that you follow in Juju Bay. Make sure you follow in LaVon P. Make sure you follow in people who give you life and don't pull away from any sense of self-love, self-compassion, and self-acceptance. Wow. I'm really excited <laughs> for this. I'm so excited <laughs> for this book. Yes, um, I will send you a copy. You will get a copy, honey, yes. Because it's just, I mean, this is so, so important. I think regardless of how anyone identifies, you know, religiously or spiritually, right. just sort of this healing journey and this concept of even being able to be closer to the divine or God, even if that's not the title of your book or a title of a chapter, like through pleasure, like through orgasm, right. that is still, we're right. in 2020 and that concept is still a little bit mind boggling. Um to the best of us, because we just I have know. not heard that. We haven't. <laughs> and I'm a plug, whichever number it is, Juju, with your, your sex magic episode, like go back and mm. listen or re-listen to it. Um, because when I saw my orgasms as a portal, what? You mean to tell me that I have power? That's the thing. Like we have power in our bodies, through spirit residing in us, through our ancestors guiding us. Yeah. And I, I want Black women to know that because uh, white supremacist, American Christianity will disenfranchise you. And so I just want Black women to think, who does it serve when you don't own your sensuality and your sexuality, right? Who yeah. benefits from you repressing your desires? Right. Because when I think about who I am when I masturbate and who I am when I'm not, if you're walking around celibate and haven't had an orgasm in five years, yeah, you're going to be snippy. OK, <laughs> you're going <laughs> to feel some kind of way. So then we get this whole black women are angry, black women are bitter. Like, no, we're traumatized and we're under orgasmed. I just made that up. Love it. That's, that's what it is. So give Black women deeds to houses and really great orgasms and the world will change. Because wow. this is what we have been able to do as oppressed as we are. Like imagine the world if Black women and Black femmes were well orgasmed, well paid, well prayed for, mm. well, right? Like it, it would be magical, literally. So wow. yeah, I think I think that's really what we're shifting to because when we're talking about our our history in this country it's embedded in trauma and I'm tired of talking about trauma and Dr. Sean Jin Wright a professor at San Francisco State University he wrote um, an article talking about shifting from trauma-informed care to healing-centered engagement 
because trauma-informed care is so clinical and it's so textbook and it doesn't take into account the individual. Whereas healing-centered engagement says this person has a community that surrounds them. What's a part of that community? Oh, y'all black? Okay, so what's a part of that? Being descendants of enslaved Africans? Okay, so that's intergenerational trauma. Thank you, Joy DeGroove, uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome um, disorder. When I think about ACEs, right? Adverse childhood experiences and how Black people are facing so much, whether it's sexual abuse, domestic abuse, um, drug abuse, substance abuse in the home, incarcerated parent, right? Like, we just go through so much that it's like, whenever I'm around Black people, I know there's going to be woundedness in the room, but that doesn't mean it has to define us. So when we start from a place of pleasure, when we say, you know what? My joy is resistance. I am here because of my ancestors. I'm still here, still making it with all these student loans, with this ridiculous 2020 presidential election. Mm -hmm. We are thriving in a system that was built to annihilate us. And Mm -hmm. so we deserve pleasure, right? So whatever that is for you, whether it's masturbation, whether it's an orgy, whether it's fro-yo or going on a treadmill at the gym, like whatever it is, ask yourself, what will bring me pleasure today? And try and do at least one thing a day. Like forget an apple a day, a pleasurable thing a day. Mm. That's what we need. So that's what I want to shift to starting from a place of pleasure instead of trauma. Yes. And that's, and that also speaks to starting from a place of abundance and not lack, which Mm. is really what this is about, you know, Come on. (laughs) and it's hard as hell. It's hard y'all, but it's so, I mean, you talking about like, imagine if we were all orgasming, imagine if we were all pleasured, imagine Mm -hmm. if we were all having sex, that was good. You know, imagine, like how the world could shift. And I never thought of it like that, but like- Stop faking orgasms. Yeah. That's my PSA. <laughs> I mean, hey. Stop faking <sighs> orgasms. Teach your partner what, or partners, what it is that you need if they're not willing to learn on to the next one. Well, mm. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. And I want to yes. know, you mm-hmm. know, what do you have to offer to people who are struggling through religious and sexual trauma, or if they feel like yeah. they're too, you know, well, I've had this happen to me, mm-hmm. or I've, I've been divorced, or I've mm-hmm. gotten abortion, you know, because people are still yeah. healing through that. What do you have? And I talk to people in divination who are still healing through that. What Oof. do you have to say to them mm. for advice on that healing journey? Yeah, healing is possible. And also healing is not linear. Mm -hmm. So we as black folks uh, with parents who tell us you're going to go to school, you're going to graduate, you're going to get a good job. Like they just wanted what was best for us. And what was best to them was stability in a government agency. (laughs) Like that is not how we are coming up. Like we are like, I'm creating content. I'm monetizing YouTube. I'm getting these Facebook ads. (laughs) Like, you know, it's a completely different world. So what worked for them, which didn't really work for them, but that's another podcast, um, is not going to work for us. So this whole idea that time heals all wounds, that's crock, that's baloney. No, actual work heals your wounds. Juju and I actually had a conversation, y'all, where we were like, um, we know we make healing look sexy, (laughs) 
But healing is not sexy. <laughs> healing is all. work. It's gritty and gory, and it requires you to go to the deepest parts of yourselves that you would rather not engage. But that is where the true healing is. So, you know, pace yourself. Make sure you get your strong cabinet of support system. I would say one friend who, you know, you can talk to and they just don't try to fix everything. They will just listen and believe you. Get you a mental health care provider. See what your school or job offers. Um, Open Path Collective is a really great resource. Yes, they offer discounted therapy services mm -hmm, for people of color. Um, if your insurance um, doesn't cover anything, sometimes you can pay, find something that's like sliding scale um, out of pocket. I would say a massage therapist gets you on Groupon or Living Social or some little deal site do your reviews and, and get you massage therapy, move that stuff out of your body. Um, eat well, right? I'm not saying you have to be vegan, but eating all these processed foods and fast food, like that's, it's low vibrational. It's going to make you feel sluggish. It's going to put on the pounds. Like we need you to be healthy and fit um, for your healing journey. Um, and also remember that you deserve to have fun <laughs> and that there are people who love you. Your ancestors love you. They are writing for you. They want to talk to you. They want to see you win. Um, they have the tools and the knowledge and the wisdom for you to win. So talk to your ancestors, yo. They like, yo, we, got, we right here. What's goody? Like you talking to everybody else. You texting everybody else. You WhatsApping and DMing everybody else. But we right mm -hmm. here. Like, let us love on you. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for that. You were speaking to me too. So I oh, appreciate I you say. so much. Um, so if people want to work with you, if people want to yes. reach out to you, how, how can people work with you? Oh, that's such a fabulous question. So, um, I love speaking. Um, I'm a transformational speaker. So if you are having a conference or um, you need a keynote speaker, like it me. Um, if you are interested in spiritual life coaching or spiritual liberation coaching, um, those are services that I offer one-on-one -on -one or groups. Um, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash LaVon P. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just became one today. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to give you a shout out on IG stories tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, where we're talking about spirituality, sensuality, and sexuality. And um, for those of you who identify as a spiritual Black woman, I do have an online course that y'all are getting a discount code for. Um, it's called I'm a Sir Thriver, Healing Faith and Sexual Trauma. And Sir Thriver is a term that I coined in 2009 uh, when I was in seminary and doing my work around sexual trauma this word survivor kept popping up and I was like, mm, I don't feel like I'm just surviving though. Like I'm in seminary full time. I'm an acclaimed poet. Like I'm out here in these streets. I'm thriving. And then I was like, Oh, they're thriver. So that um, is where that term came from. And there's also Sir thriver hoodies and merchandise and stuff that you can get on my website. Um, those are the big things. I love Instagram. I'm on it all the time. So if, you see me in the IG streets, I will do my very best to get back to you um, quickly. But those are, yeah, those are the ways we can 
work together. And I will have all of that, of course, all of the Vaughn's information in the show notes. But can you just say what your IG is on the on the Oh show? yes. It's at Lavon P. L Y B as in Victor. O N N E P as in Peter. The P is for Proverbs. Um I wanna tell y'all how I got my name because yes. I already call my ancestral um caregiver Norma Yvonne Osborne. So my mom was pregnant with me, y'all. And she was going to name me Amanda Renee. And I don't know what had happened. Spirit was like, no, ma'am, because her <laughs> pregnant her pregnant co-worker had her daughter before my mom had me and named her daughter Amanda Renee. Shady. Wow. Shady business. My mom was like, you stole my child's name. What am I supposed to do? So she put my two grandmother's names together, Lynette and Yvonne Levon, And that's wow. how I got my name. So I, I walk with my grandmothers every day, wow. literally. <laughs> so whenever other people say my name, it's a conjuring. They don't even know it. I love that. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's such a powerful, and especially for it to be your grandmother's like, wow, that's so powerful right. to carry right. that name. I know. Oh. Yay. LaVon, I am so grateful for you. I'm very honored to have you on the show. I'm honored to call you a friend and a sister. Mm-hmm. And thank you just so much for sharing your joy and your story and your healing with me and with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, My absolute pleasure, it's just been Judy. So impactful. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. Mm. Thank you. That, that's my hope. You know, I love you and I appreciate you so very much. Thank you. All right, y'all go check out LaVon's page and all of her things. And like I said, everything will be in the show notes. And thank y'all for tuning in for another episode. See you later. Later. I hope you all enjoyed that episode today and that wonderful interview with LaVon. I will have all of her information in the show notes if you are trying to reach out to her and want to work and connect with her. Now, if you want to connect with me, as always, on the social medias, you can hit me up at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E on Instagram. You can also find the podcast page at a little juju podcast on Instagram. I'm also at it's juju bay on Twitter, where I be cutting up. Don't judge me for what I say on Twitter. Y'all have a blessed week. Enjoy yourselves. Stay grounded. Stay focused. Drink water. Wash your hands. Quarantine. Distance. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Later. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. A little juju. A little juju. A little juju is the way, it's how I start my day, confirm no say, and I'll never get played, I'll take your photo to the grave, but that ain't even my thing, I just stay at the crossroads pray, I just pour a little honey from my face to make them stay, cause I hate when bay leaves, but I manifest a little with my bay leaves, I'm my ancestors baby. So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah. So I can't be stopped. Manifested everything gives me props. I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top. My spirit's surrounded, so I'll never drop. drop.